Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the STG podcast, where we speak about science, technology, gaming and other stuff. I'm your host, Giovanni, and with me is the other host, Johanna. Hello. And our guest tonight is uh, Mario, our, well, my ex-colleague and our previous guest long time ago. Hello, Mario. Hi. I'm, so, also, known as, I'm also known as Gian Mario Scotti. That's my artistic name. Yes, Mario is the real name. All right, so <laughs> we have uh, today we well, we were trying to think about doing some kind of a episode section that is uh, science news where we find uh, science news and technology news from everywhere from, I don't know, let's say recent and then put them all together and discuss those. But as the idea we didn't have time to really check those this time but we are going to have maybe a more lengthy discussion about uh, electricity in general maybe a little bit of introduction between uh, alternate current and then direct current uh, ac dc and then go more on the different type of uh, electricity transmission over long distances and all this kind of stuff and uh, because Mario is a real electrical engineer, not like me, that I'm fake electrical engineer. So oh. how do we? Yeah, so start? let's start from the beginning where everything started. Yes. Of course, everything started with Nikola Tesla. Yeah. He's the source. Anyhow, uh, yeah. Um, so uh, Nikola Tesla and the electricity wars. The electricity wars were uh, a period in uh, the... Um, development of electrical engineering when it wasn't really clear whether we are going to use alternative or direct current to transmit uh, electrical power from a generator to, to where this electricity will be used. In the, back in those days, there were these two systems. One was uh, supported by uh, Edison that was the DC system, and the other one was supported by Westinghouse. And that was the uh, alternative current system. Um, and I think it's it's worth a little bit looking back at what was happening in those days. Uh, in, you had, uh, before Tesla actually uh, fleshed out the entire uh, alternative, alternate, alternative, yeah, alternative current uh, system, DC looked like, uh, the only possible way to to work with electricity because back in those days you had uh, generators that generated direct current and so then before before also... we continue and make yeah. maybe uh things complicated the difference between ac and dc so come on like, no i'm, no, I'm it's it not for me it's for anybody that is listening maybe it's not clear so your audience knows very well what is ac versus dc is it Yes, come on. All right, let's assume that. Yes, absolutely. That's the minimum assumption. Okay, so, <laughs> that's the minimum. If you don't know, you cannot listen to this anymore. But everybody knows. Everybody really. Every. I, we are we are talking about about uh, maybe one percentile of the population who doesn't know what is AC and what All is right. DC. I don't think they are listening to this. They are. They, yes, they don't to okay. use computers. All right, continue. Okay, so. Um, so back in those days, before Tesla got really busy, um, you had uh, generators, which are nowadays they are called dynamos, right? They use uh, commutators to produce uh, pulsating direct current. So, so it was basically direct... the thing you have in a bike. Yeah, the, the, exactly. That's what you um, had and maybe still having a bike. I don't know, because uh, they kind of switched to, to batteries mostly. But yeah, yeah so but that was... Still have those. I have that in my bike. Right. I, oh, yeah, yeah, there is the, the, the in the hub, right? You yeah. have it in the hub. No, no, I have yeah. it in the wheel, like old school. Oh, you really have old, 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 old school. Yeah, so yeah that's I a dynamo. <laughs> that's a dynamo, and that uh, produces a pulsating direct current. Okay, so it's pulsating. It's formed uh, uh, from pulses. And that is obtained by using commutators so these commutators are also known as brushes they are made from graphite and they are um, uh, connecting with copper uh, plates 
on this on the rotor so the rotor as it's rotating um, it and it, it has windings so this rotor has windings and the windings are corrected uh, connected to this uh, copper plates and um, as the copper plates are moving as uh, in a circle the way that is of course the whole rotor is moving in a circle so uh, uh, they are um uh, they are changing which of these copper plates is uh, in electrical connection with these uh, graphite commutators. So, uh, okay, maybe it's a little bit complicated without a, a picture, but the point yeah. is that then these these uh, machines, they produced this DC current. And back in those days, that looked like the only useful current because the only motors that they could mm, imagine were DC motors. But then came Tesla. And then he actually thought about this uh, famous rotating electric, uh, rotating magnetic field. You you produce a rotating magnetic field by using three phases, three uh, alternative, or sorry, alternating current phases. So you have these three wires basically. You need three wires to transport these um, three phases, and with these three phases, you you can generate a rotating magnetic field which then it's capable to move a motor so you can use ac uh, to and and have an electric motor so the main elements of of this whole ac system were now put in place because you had the generator and you had uh, you have also an electric motor so the two main elements you have a where the uh, uh, current is produced, the electrical energy is produced, and also you have where the electrical energy is consumed, which is the motor, which is the most important part for the uh, second uh, industrial revolution. Okay, so this is uh, where the second industrial revolution is starting. Okay, it's basically going from uh, steam power to electric power electric kind of. power okay but of course another another part of the second industrial revolution is also um, the big development of chemical engineering but we are yeah, not but going... that's a different topic yeah, yeah it's a different thing but it's they kind of happened more or less in the same time so if somebody of uh, some of your um listeners are going to protest that yeah that's but chemistry and so on yeah yeah it's true yeah it's true chemical engineering made a big step forward in those <laughs> years next time yes yes but so, and the other thing that was really good about AC, and this is still very good about AC, is that you. Okay, Servus Matsikam, Yoisokat. That was my son going to sleep. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the other really good thing about AC is that um, you could use uh, simple transformers to increase or decrease the voltage of the transmitted electrical power. And when you increase the voltage of the uh, transmitted electrical power, you can use thin cables. You don't, you don't need thick cables to transmit electricity. You can use thin cables, there, which means that you can save a lot of money in copper. Yeah, so high voltage. Mm -hmm. Of course, then you have basically the... Less current, high current, voltage, yeah. less current. Yeah, because the power is basically vol voltage times current. Yeah, and, and the current if you, is what creates the heating up of cables, basically, to make it simple. Yeah, 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 exactly. If the cables are not thick enough, then then um, high current will produce heating, joule heating, and therefore joule losses. So if you don't want to have big losses or you don't want to spend a fortune in, in thick cables, then you are going to increase the voltage. And that's why basically the uh, AC current and therefore Westinghouse won the electricity wars. But I have to tell you that, that Edison was fighting really, really hard to yeah, not to lose this electricity wars. And uh, among other things, what he did is he electrocuted uh, an elephant. He did he basically executed an elephant in public using AC. Just to show that it's not good for people. Uh, just to show that AC is is dangerous because yeah, it can kill people. Yeah, but then so, the thing is that if at least for what I'm reading is that DC transmission over long distances is actually consuming less 
I mean, it's uh, wasting less. Than yeah, 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 yeah. So, sure, sure. But this is this thing is still important. It's still important to uh, to explain why why this um, we are using AC. Why we didn't? Because actually everything actually did start DC. That was actually the let's say the beginning. DC was the beginning, and that's where. And later we went to AC. In fact, uh, even uh, uh, to be even more precise, this whole electrical engineering started with batteries. Yeah, that is generators DC. were were okay much later, but they were much more complicated devices. So you know, basically DC was the the the, the original electrical power. And AC was something much more back in the days. It was uh, much more exotic, but much more useful. But uh, just one thing about this elephant, by the way, um, or actually uh, something about the danger of of AC. So the thing is that basically um, AC is more dangerous than DC because it will cause your heart uh, to fail. It will cause a heart failure. And as as luck or unluck would have it, the 50 or 60 hertz that we are using is in the range of the uh, dangerous frequencies for for your heart. So it has been chosen exactly to kill people, basically. Uh, yeah, it kind of, it kind of. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, not the right, for that reason. Of course, not for that. But, but it's, it's kind of. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's in the in that so-called. Um, uh, Goldilocks zone of frequencies, which which has the highest likelihood to kill you, because if you think about it, a lower frequency, if it's much lower, then it will not co cause fibrillations, even though it it will cause your muscles to spasm. But from what I understand, um, unless the, the 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 intensity of the current is is gigantic, your heart can continue working. Okay, yeah. and if the frequency is much higher. Then that's not dangerous because it will bypass uh, your internal organs. So However, it sounds like sounds like a conspiracy by some either aliens or some other sentient beings who just want to kill us. But, yeah, but oh, yeah, for sure there is a conspiracy. So here's the uh, here's the explanation why we did choose fifty hertz. The reason why we did choose fifty hertz is because back in those days, if we went to higher frequency, we would ha have had much more losses. Okay. And we, by we, you mean Europe, because then the US, they use a 60 hertz. No, no, but it's the same thing, 50 or 60. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. the point is that, that in, if we went to, for instance, one kilohertz or 10 kilohertz, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, if we went to high frequencies, then the losses in, 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 the, um, in the armature, so the armature meaning the, the metallic, the, the um, fer ferric parts, so ferromagnetic parts of the motor and ferromagnetic parts of the transformer, the losses would have been too high. Okay. Like they would have been many orders of magnitude higher just by going to one kilohertz. Okay. That so would be. That's why. Basically, the uh, conspiracy here is then the normal conspiracy of of modern world, which is capitalism. You don't care if someone dies as long as it's cheap. Well, it's uh, well. You can look at it that way, but you can look at it uh, also from the point of view that there was no technology that could overcome the problem of this um, of the losses in mm. the, in the magnetic core. And also, there are losses also in the transmission in 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 the cables because when you increase the frequency, then less and less of the electricity travels inside the the, the cable, but 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 tends to migrate towards the the edge of the cable. Actually, this effect even exists at 50 hertz, but it's it's very small. But when you go to one kilohertz or even or higher frequencies, then uh, or I don't know exactly at what frequency, but uh, at a certain point you have no uh, electric field inside the cable at all, none. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 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 what happens is that that then you have a, a, a lot of joule heating, a lot of joule losses because the the um, current uh, density is very high because all the current is, is segregated to to just the skin so-called the skin effect and so so that's why you had to have a low frequency but if the frequency was lower than let's say 10 hertz then you couldn't produce transformers that would be able to actually do the transformation 
of the. Uh, do Do you know what? Do you know why? I mean, what 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 is the limitation? Well, it's um, well, the basically the uh, efficiency of the of the transformer is it, it goes to zero. Ah, oh, okay. At a certain point. So basically, at the end, it's just been chosen for technical reason at the end. Like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, as these things are usually chosen. <laughs> and okay, there is another. There is another reason for why fifty or sixty, and that has to do also with with the um, with how fast physically you can actually turn these generators. Because you have to imagine that these generators are big. And, uh, you know, if you want to produce a lot of el electrical power from a big river, then you need big generators, right? So, and they typically would have rotors that are he very heavy, may maybe in the order of magnitude of tons or tens of tons, and they have a large diameter. So, all in all, they cannot rotate very fast. Mm. Okay. So, this is again the problem of, of, uh, uh, of flywheels, you know, how much energy can you store in a flywheel? You know, it depends on how fast you can rotate it. But the problem is that that no material can survive, uh, let's say, 10,000 um, or 100,000 RPMs uh, and and have a large diameter. You, you, if you want to have high RPM, then you have to have a small diameter. Okay, but summa summarum, the thing is that when you have big generators, they, they cannot uh, rotate fast because they would disintegrate. So there is also a maximum uh, uh, speed at which they can rotate. Mm. You, so you cannot generate high frequency so simply if you uh, live in the, <laughs> in the 19th century. Okay. <laughs> Living the 19th, 19th century, how do you generate high, high frequency? Well, you have, of course, the Tesla coil. You have a spark gap, and but that that frequency is not exactly defined. Okay, so if you want to generate a sine wave of a very specific frequency, then you have to use a motor, and that motor is not going to produce a very high frequency. I don't think. This all of this is AC, just so that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and that this explains the, why the difference with. Just very quickly, the difference of how do you generate then the power in DC? It's in the same way. So the right. thing is, in the DC, you still generate the power in the same way because actually, another thing is that that these AC generators are more e efficient than DC generators. The dynamos, these famous dynamos, right? Okay. Uh, they are not as efficient as as AC generators. So, All right. So. Even even these turbines, uh, the uh, windmills or wind turbines, sorry, they they uh, they use uh, AC generators. Okay, so now we continue the story. Yeah. Yes. So okay. So uh, now we know so, why that happened. Uh, so that that's what happened. Uh, that AC is 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 awesome, but it will kill you now. So, and um, it won the the, uh, the the electricity wars. And uh, now what happened is, is that uh, some people started to, to think that, ah, but DC has, has some advantages still. And this, you know, as electrical engineering was, was developing very quickly at the beginning of the last century, uh, it, it, many people understood that, that DC transmission actually has some, some advantages. Okay. So almost almost immediately after after AC has won the electricity wars, there have been people who who uh, started thinking about doing uh, DC transmission anyway. And there, of course, the pro big problem was how to do uh, DC transmission without having too big losses. Uh, so, of course, the uh, the solution is to have high voltage. Again, that is always part of the solution you have to have high voltage in order to have low current okay so then the problem was okay so we have to have uh, we want to have dc because it has advantages uh, which we did not even talk about yet well i thought maybe we talk about the advantages maybe later um, yeah well it's fine yeah, yeah so um 
So yeah, so but these advantages were were very clear to 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 the people at the beginning of the last century because they were okay, not. So speaking. maybe you can speak now since we are speaking about those. So the advantages, okay, yeah. yeah so I already mentioned the the, the problem of the, of the skin effect. So the skin effect, uh, what it uh, does, it it uh, tries to push the um, flowing current to the periphery of the conductor. Now, at 50 or 60 hertz, this phenomenon is limited, but it exists. Okay, so that means that uh, with AC current, you don't have uh, um, copper or aluminum conductor. It's not utilized uh, efficiently, or it, the efficiency is not 100%. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's one one problem. Another problem and this is for both AC and DC. No, no, it's no. Only AC. only only AC has the, okay, the skin okay. effect. Fine. The skin, yeah, yeah. skin effect only happens with AC. Yeah, so alternative exactly. car alternate current uh, yeah. tends to segregate to uh, to the periphery of the conductor. All right. DC uses the whole. Area. The whole con exactly the whole cross section. Yes. So so uh, conductor utilization with DC is better. And then there is another problem. And the problem is that uh, if you think about it, every uh, every cable is basically a capacitor, a long capacitor. Can you can you imagine that? Yeah. With, uh, with your mind, <laughs> imagine it with your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I usually use my left hand to imagine, but this yeah, time I know, I, I know. Some brain. people, some people use other other um, parts of their physiognomy, but so yeah, now use your mind, use your knows. use your mind to imagine a cable. So this cable is is a capacitor, right? And if you have if you have two cables, also they are a capacitor. You put them next to each other. It's like to have two plates, okay? And they form a capacitor. Now, uh, when you have uh, cables, uh, normal. Uh, the traditional transmission of electrical power on land those cables they um are kept far from each other in the air right and with, in that way this they try to minimize the capacity of of uh, of the cables but that that capacity is still not zero and so what the problem is that with uh, ac you kind of have to um, charge and discharge that capacitor at every cycle. Yeah, and every cycle is 50 times a second. Yes. Now, uh, of course, uh, that is not real power because uh, that that current does not is not in phase with with the voltage. Okay. You know yeah. you know this whole thing about uh, active power and uh, reactive power. Yeah, you know that's this? something that is, uh, I did not know really well. I read a little bit and it's Yeah, okay. So maybe I can I can explain this for, for the audience now because the audience has ha, have not read uh, this like you have. Um, so the thing is that the uh, uh, AC current, alternative current, when we talk about alternative current, we talk about how the um, either the current or the voltage goes from zero to positive, then back to zero, then to negative values in a sine wave. And uh, if uh, if the device that utilizes the power is, let's say, a heater, okay, a heater, yeah. right? Then mm -hmm. the voltage and the current will be exactly in the same phase. So when the voltage goes to the maximum positive value, also the current will be at the maximum positive value. Okay, they will follow each other. And so when the voltage goes to zero, also the current goes to zero. And when the voltage goes to minus value, also the current goes to minus minus value. So uh, they are in phase. Okay, and yes. uh, in that case, we say that all the power is active power. However, you have kinds of uh, you have loads which are uh, part, partly inductive or partly capacitive in their nature. Like for instance, an electric motor is at least partially inductive. Hmm. Okay, and in that case, 
the current and the voltage will not be perfectly in phase. Some of it will not be in phase. And the part that is not in phase is not real power. Okay? It's not real energy because it kind of goes in and out of the system. Okay? You're basically not using part of the total current. The current, yeah. Or to so because in order to, to have uh, uh, actually active power, you have to have them in phase. If they are not in phase, then there is some of it that is just um, imaginary power, let's say. Okay? Mm. It's imaginary power. It doesn't do anything. However, the problem is, okay, so when you have a capacitor that, let's say, that you attach uh, to this conductor, you attach it to, to, to the power grid, right? so this capacitor is getting charged and discharged. And also, if you have long cables, they are long capacitors which are getting charged and discharged. And sure. no real power is used for that. But the problem is that the current is still real. I mean, the current that is used to charge, charge the capacitor and to discharge the capacitor, that is still a real current, which you have to transmit yeah. with those lines. So you are transmitting some power and then using some power to charge and discharge the capacitor that is the cable, basically. You, you, yeah, you have, to, you have to have additional current to yeah. Yeah, charge and discharge this, this um, capacitance of the cables yeah so basically if you want to transmit 100 you have to give 100 and something something exactly that's that exactly thing is how much is being lost basically yeah yeah so and it's not uh, um yeah so that's the current that you have to add so that's why if you if you plan on transmitting let's say one megawatt of power right you want to transmit one megawatt of power mm -hmm. and you are using a 100 kilovolt line, then you need um, 10, 10 ampere. You have to transmit a 10 ampere of current, which means that your copper cable has to be, I don't know now what thickness it should be, but let's say it has to have a diameter of 5 millimeters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so okay, don't attack me. These numbers are just yeah, some some number some number number. Okay, yeah. So so that's that's the thickness of the cable that you have to have to have in order to transmit those five amps. But unfortunately, you have to also uh, count on on the fact that you have this long capacitor, and the capacitor is longer and bigger the longer the line is. And so, if the line is very long then you have to add a certain percentage of current, which is used only to charge and discharge this long capacitor. And so instead of counting on uh, 10 amperes, you have to count on maybe 11 amperes. This is a little bit exaggerated because that yeah, would mean at that... At least for the percentage, it should be around uh, like 4 to 5% of the yeah. total. So yeah, that's 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 like that. that's right. That's right. Four to five percent. That's the figure that I know also. Okay, so these are the two main reasons why DC is more efficient because you have less losses due to skin effect and less losses due to charging, charging of these capacitors. Ah, by the way, by the way, charging of capacitors. Uh, this is actually a huge problem for undersea and under earth. Or underground lines. So I don't want to go uh, into the details of why that's the case, but when you have undersea lines or underground lines, then the this capacitance of the lines is much, 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 much higher. It's right. so high. Yeah, it's so high that that um, if I'm not mistaken, one of the first uh, DC uh, transmission lines was actually DC because they had to have 10 kilometers of cable under the ground out of 100, okay? Yeah, on the first, they were, uh, well, they were in Europe, they were using the first DC lines and yeah. they are all, basically yeah. all the <laughs> under undersea lines are DC. Yes, yes, absolutely. You, you could, you, you, so the capacitance of, of these cables under the sea is so ginormous that there was no chance of doing it with AC. And even, so, oh, oh, yeah. So it's um, because 
at least in Finland, I, I would guess in many other uh, countries as well, many of the power lines are nowadays being sort of um, changed changed from from actual power lines that you can see to power cables uh, below below grounds, mostly mm-hmm. because of uh, like problems caused by thunderstorms when or, yeah. or snow snowstorms when uh, trees mm-hmm. fall on the on the power lines and you right, get right. But we, we, you are talking about about this uh, last mile power lines and that's those are less of a problem than than those large transmission lines. Ah, okay. From from the uh, gener- from the power plants and so on. Okay, in the yeah, c- yeah. in the city level, kind of. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's okay. a, but it is it's still a problem. I mean, still a problem. It's not it's not nothing. It's not nothing to transmit even under the ground. Um, it's the the capacitance problem doesn't go away. I mean, just yeah, yeah. You know, with AC, it's still a problem. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Okay, so, be, so, so we now we explained away. a little bit some of the some of the the, the main advantage. Wait, wait, there is another one that I think is it's it's quite cool. Is that basically a DC power line can connect two different AC lines that don't need to be completely in phase to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this so that, this is kind of right. But the, this is uh, how can I say this is um, yes, it's an advantage, but it's because you really yeah, have to have how- that. You you don't have a choice. You know that Japan is divided into basically two grids. One works at 50 hertz and the other works at 60 hertz. I'm not surprised that Japan does that. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <Japan> <laughs> I mean, they have two, Japan, two right? met, yeah, they have two metros line in Tokyo. So, <laughs> what do you mean two metro lines? There are two different metro lines in Tokyo by two different companies. Ah, two different companies. I mean, I buy a metro ticket. It's only for half the metro, and the other buy another ticket. You have That's to buy a ticket. That's yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. That is crazy. Or well, you can buy a t- total ticket, but you can buy just for one half uh, of the metro and the other half of the metro separately. Uh, thanks goodness. Want. Yeah, I, 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 for a moment, I lost, I lost uh, my confidence in total. Japan. Come on, of course you can. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Japan is divided into these two uh, grids. One works at 50 hertz. The other works at 60 hertz. They they use the same voltage, but because they use a different um, frequency, they are not compatible. You cannot connect them together. It's impossible. And so what they have, they have a DC line between them, and I think it's 1.2 gigawatt. So it's pretty huge. Yeah. So it's a 1.2 gigawatt DC line. I'm not sure if that's the the, the largest DC line. Uh, it's probably the new one they are building in. Uh... In China, they were like yeah, but that's not still uh, doesn't exist yet, right? So mm. I think they just built one. There was like several gigabytes. I don't even remember now how much. But let uh, me check. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Continue speaking. I'm gonna check. Yeah. Okay. But so anyway, so these are the three advantages of DC. Well, two advantages of uh, compared to AC and and one kind of you are forced to use DC. Okay. So if you are going to to move from one frequency grid to another frequency grid, then you have to use DC. Yeah. So you have no choice. There's no other, no other way. Okay. So um, okay. So these are the advantages, and um, as I said, uh, these advantages were actually quite clear to the people of the beginning of the last century because they were not stupid. Okay. Technology didn't catch up yet, but they understood that DC would be really actually better for these reasons. It's just that the the the, the so to, so to say the um, state of the art in in uh, transforming of voltage was just the transformer. Yeah, that's that was the state of the art. But still, they tried. They tried to do um, some things, and uh, the first uh, DC uh, high voltage DC transmission was achieved using. Um, basically dc motors okay or again dynamos right that were connected in series so you you would have a number of these dc uh, no so not motors but generators sorry generators and also an an inverted motor basically yeah okay but anyway so you have this these generators this dc generators the dynamos right and you would connect them in series so you would add the voltages together 
that way you would generate a high voltage that you could transmit and then on the other end where you had to use this high voltage what they did because they would not use uh, transformers they i mean because it you, a transformer doesn't work with uh, work with dc uh what they did is they they, they also put the uh, consumers in 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 series so they would put the motors also in series okay all right so, so it's it's kind of a trivial solution but you know it, it works. works right yeah so you understand the solution here it's it's really mm -hmm. trivial, but yeah okay um and that one that this one was um i think one of the first was actually implemented in italy all right all right so uh, yay, because, us Italians. because uh, yes, it has been discovered before by Johanna that Volta was actually Italian. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know the uh, the first what name. Do I... mean, what do you mean discovered? <laughs> he I mean, discovered that he was Italian. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't know uh, Volta was Italian. I only knew his last name. I didn't know that his name was first ah, name was Alessandro. Okay. I could have guessed from Alessandro, but. But Volta sounds like a, to me it okay. sounds like a very generic name. So yeah, so so uh, Giovanni, were you sarcastic when you said that that he discovered it or like it was his own private discovery? So you were not sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he 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 was his own discovery. I knew yeah, he was in the well, Italian obviously. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> Italian money has been Volta. He's faced there for quite a while before. Yes. Well, you see, one one Italian and one French, they they make up all we. And then, then an, an Englishman, right? There is always have, an Englishman, yeah. Yeah, the, the, you have the Italian for the voltage. You have um, a Frenchman for the current, like Ampere. And yep. then there you have Watt for... Yeah. Oh, maybe he wasn't <laughs> English. Hey, wait. May, I don't want to be killed. Maybe he was a Scot. He might have been a Scot. Mm -hmm. That would make it even better. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you don't want to say that he was an Englishman if he was a Scot, because then you get in trouble. Uh, yes, James Watt was a Scottish inventor. Yes, you were yes. correct. <laughs> you, see? Right. you see, good that I stopped myself. <laughs> yeah. Before you yeah. say something really bad. Because, you, yeah. you know, the Scots, they are, you know, proud people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, so before anyway. we continue this uh, yeah. Chinese uh, ultra high voltage DC line can transmit up to, up to 12 gigawatts. Okay. So, but yeah. is it built already or or is it yeah, being yeah. built? It's, it's being built like it's being built it's not no, no, ready it's yet. built uh yeah it's, be, it's built this year just just now is, is it ready or not yeah they were testing i don't know if it's using oh, it. i mean it's, it's, okay it's, it's, testing it's, testing phase okay well i'll i will i will allow it anyway so let's go back a little bit about about these systems that were used at the beginning for for DC. So that was this one that I mentioned, which with connecting of the generators and the, and the motors, just connecting them in series was the first one, obviously, simplest. And oh, and I should mention one thing. This is important. When you want to have uh, this kind of DC transmission system, you must have active elements in the circuit you have to have active elements all right whether they are mechanical electrical or electronic you have to have active switching elements right switching mm -hmm. elements so keep that in mind uh, mm -hmm. you have to have switching elements well of course at the beginning uh, you kind of had the switching elements built into the generators already the, the famous commutators that i talked about right mm -hmm. so you had the switching element already there kind of built in into these machines but they were not very efficient and you can do much about them with them but then um later on as this um electrical engineering and electronics you know developed and electronics doesn't just mean transistors we had electronics before transistors were invented we had vacuum tubes the first electronics and um what a kind of a vacuum tube was this um mercury discharge lamp so I don't remember. Let me check Wikipedia myself, okay? So I'm just talking um, here from from memory. Let's see. Okay, mercury arc valve. Okay, so the mercury arc valve uh, was this 
first electronic active switch that was used uh, for high voltage DC transmission. So why do you need this switch? You need a switch because you need a way uh, to go from a high voltage low current to low voltage high current. All right. You just uh, you just uh, have no way to to transform uh, voltage into current, so to say, without a, without an active element. Okay. Or, or a transformer, but the transformer only works works with uh, with AC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Transformers are all the bricks that you have when you attach every electronics nowadays to the power because the electronics they use DC people, and the power is AC. So. Trust me, people know what a transformer is. They know what it is. You but, are surprised of how people don't know things. <laughs> yeah. And actually transformers are disappearing. They are disappearing. So anyhow, and I'm going to talk about the transformers disappearing just in a moment. So okay, so you had this this um, mercury arc valves, which basically are just uh, kind of like a va the old vacuum tube, but they they uh, did not have vacuum, but they had mercury vapors, and they were able to transmit much higher currents than just uh, vacuum tubes. And so they were they were basically rectifiers, but high current rectifiers, high current, high voltage rectifiers. And with these high current, high voltage rectifiers, they managed to do some um, initial high voltage DC transmission. Uh, but they did not have a, a way to actually control this uh these rectifiers they were just rectifiers they did not have any way to turn it on and off okay hmm. there was no way to turn them on and off so they relied on 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 the fact that the uh the consumer for instance or the producer at a certain point uh the, the input voltage will go to zero so when the input voltage or the input current sorry goes to zero then they turn off Okay, so it okay. was just a, so, so how they were doing it at the time. Yeah, so they would they would they would use AC and then they would use these rectifiers to produce DC, high voltage yeah. DC, and then this high voltage DC, uh, somehow they it it was used in 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 motors, and I don't know exactly how I don't know how this DC was used, but it was used for motors. It was okay. used for generating, well, mechanical, mechanical yeah. energy. I don't know exactly how, but anyhow. So the point was, the main point was for them to 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 produce high voltage DC, and then somehow at the end of the line, that high voltage DC was used to 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 move motors. But I don't know exactly the thesis of how that was done. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. So, but that was that was that was up until um, I don't know the four uh, the forties, approximately. That 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 was I think the last uh, in the forties was the last uh, this high voltage DC uh, system that was made with using this um, this uh, mercury arc. What are they called? Valves, mercury arc valves. And then you know the transmit transistor was invented in nineteen forty seven. And uh, that's when semiconductors started to be used. And uh, then they, at a certain point, invented triacs uh, or thyristors, actually. They invented the thyristor. And the thyristor is uh, an interesting uh, semiconductor uh, device that, um, not to go into details, but it can handle very, very high voltages. So it was used then for... Then that one that one opened the, the 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 floodgates for for well almost so to say the floodgates but <laughs> anyway that's when then the, the high voltage DC became really viable and with these you could actually you know uh, produce uh, from high voltage DC you could produce high voltage AC okay hmm. so you could you could actually now trans transform the the DC into AC. You don't have to use the DC as it is. So you can sort of with this, you can <clears throat> combine the 
the best of both. So use DC for transmission and, and yep. AC for, for its other good qualities in, in other situations? Well, the, the, actually, uh, if you think about it logically, uh, this uh, AC doesn't have good qualities. <laughs> no, I, no, it doesn't. I mean, if, so if why did it win the war? Are, that was the point, right? No, but but it won the war because you had to use transformers. But if you are not going to use transformers, then uh, uh, AC does not have an advantage anymore. So if you use DC for everything, you to, then yeah, but you have to transform it back to um, well, okay, it has one advantage. Sorry, one advantage which is that you can create this famous rotating magnetic field, which is the the brainchild of Nikola Tesla. Okay, right. so we go back to the rotating magnetic field, and when you have really big, big, big motors, they are three-phase motors. So they, okay. okay, so they are the you know in any any factory, uh, in any factory that uses big motors, which is almost all, they are three-phase motors. Yeah, and, and that's so, why the the industrial electricity things they use diff different plugs because yes, normal yes. electricity is not three-phase. Exactly, exactly. We normally Normal, like house yeah. electricity. Yeah, yeah. Even though I would love to have three phase in my workshop. To have a big motor, but well Yeah, to have no, yeah. even to have... even sort of uh these high power machines or tools use that. So yeah. So if you yeah. do like woodwork, you exactly. use uh, three phases for that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So if, if uh, for instance if I wanted to use some really big um table saw I would need a three-phase uh, plug. Yeah. And at the moment, I don't. I don't have that in, in the workshop, um, and I'm okay. poor, so I'm not going to have it for a while. So kind of the the thing is that you we use a little bit too much AC, and it would be better to use more DC. Yeah, everything. but the the, the, the problem is, is so. transition is is going to be hard. It's going. Yeah, to be... but it's kind of changing now in a way that uh, all well, not all, but. Renewable energy, they produce DC current, well, at least solar and this kind of stuff. Solar, and, yeah. Uh, so then there is more push for DC when you have maybe solar on your house, then you can have a DC line directly okay. and have the USB powering your phone or something. And uh, okay, so just one thing. Uh, so so one step back to, to, to the, these thyristors, okay? So th with the thyristors, you could create a three-phase uh, uh, AC and three-phase AC is useful because you have not only because you have these three-phase motors, but also because generally the the entire world speaks AC, not yeah. DC. Mm. So even if if the the the, the fantastic um, AC motors with the um, you know uh, with the rotating magnetic field didn't exist, you still would have to to be able to transform. DC into AC because everything is AC in your house, in the factories, and so on. Yeah, everything understands AC at the moment, right? Mm. So, so okay, and and um, so th th those were the um, first semiconductors, as far as I know, that were used for this high voltage DC. But um, let me just tell you this story. Uh, this is a uh, when I was studying electrical engineering, and that was in 1987 till so 1990. When I'm born, perfect. Yeah, when you were born till 1995, when you were going, started going to school. So in that period, I remember that um, this uh, DC, uh, DC converters, AC, DC converters, DC, AC converters, they were, of course, they existed, and um, but they were not very common. Okay, you still, uh, at least in the eighties, at the at the beginning of the eighties, you still had computers which didn't have uh, switching power supplies. Okay. So they were using AC directly, or yeah, yeah, yeah. They were using just a normal trans transformers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Um, at the beginning of the 80s, they, that's when they, I mean, some computers did have a switching power supplies, but they were not super common, okay? And gradually, gradually they be, were becoming more and more common. And I remember one thing that I, when I was studying um, ele electronic uh, engineering, electronic um, amplifiers, 
I remember that um, we were studying about, of course, A class, B class, um, AB class, um, and C class um, amplifiers. Okay. Then nobody knows what those are, but okay. okay. Anyway, so they are basically they are um, just linear um, amplifiers. Okay. okay. Now and then we started. The... <laughs> okay, so they're all linear linear amplifiers. But then um, we was, we started talking about uh, D class. D class amplifiers are something completely different. And um, so when I, during my studies, that's when D class amplifiers just started to 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 come to the market, and they were very exotic. And this is what a D class amplifier is. What it does. It, it takes the input signal, okay, which is a, some kind of sine wave or a mixture of sine waves. So it takes that input signal and transform it, transforms it into pulses using pulse width modulation. And what is pulse width modulation is basically it transforms an amplitude of a signal into a density. Well, it's not completely correct to say it, but let's say density of pulses or better say the duty cycle of the pulses okay imagine a pulse that can be zero or or five volts okay it can be either zero or five volts mm -hmm. and if you have a high duty cycle then let's say that this pulse will be five volts 90 percent of the time and if you have a low duty cycle the pulse will be five volts only 10 percent of the time okay okay can you imagine that? So that's yeah. pulse with modulation, right? And so you have these pulses. And what do you need to amplify these pulses? You don't have to actually amplify it because they just they just have two states, zero or five volts, right? So then what you can do is you have you have some switching electronic that that can very easily transform that into zero to hundred volts. Mm, okay. okay. So the same the same. Um, timing of the pulses but instead of going uh, from 0 to 5 volts it goes from 0 to 100 volts okay and that way that way you have immediately amplified the signal without any losses but now uh, all you have to do is you have to transfer pulse width modulation back into into your nice you know um, music signal so for that you need uh, some filters okay you need some um, coils and capacitors blah 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 Okay, and uh, the higher the frequency of the pulses, the smaller the coils and the capacitors are. Okay, so keep this in mind. So now you have switching power supplies, okay, the, which I told you they are not super common, but they are becoming common. And already at that time, it was clear that if we use high frequency for the switching, then we can use smaller capacitors and smaller coils in our switching power supplies okay all right but uh, so what was the problem the problem was that uh, at as um, at the beginning of this whole um, story about switching power supplies and d-class amplifiers these uh, the switching elements so the switching um, semiconductors were not quite as good as they are today and the process was very, very, very gradual. You know, at the beginning, you know, um, uh, power MOSFETs were not very common. They were not very efficient. They, they were not very fast in switching. And then later, as technology developed, the power MOSFETs became more powerful and faster. Okay. Okay. And then later on, they 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 found ways to increase the voltage of these power MOSFETs. And then later on, uh, you had things like um, what is this? This insulated gate bipolar transistor. Okay, so the insulated gate bipolar transistor is basically kind of a hybrid between a MOSFET and the bipolar transistor. Yeah, no, we, we are going really. Long. <laughs> I, but this, but this I mean, important. I know I know these things, but many people. Okay, don't so know so the point so is the, the point is the that the semiconductors <laughs> have been gradually semiconductors have been gradually developing. Okay. Yeah. They have been gradually developing, let's say, at the from the beginning of the 80s up until today. And the gradual development of this um, of these uh, semiconductors resulted in one much more common, much more common switching power supplies. Okay, 
so common that that now for one dollar you can use uh, you can buy um, a switching power supply for for your phone. So to, to yeah, they are basically becoming smaller and smaller. Small, exactly. They are so small that they are yeah. basically the size of the plug, right? Yeah. yeah. And they are small because of the high switching uh, frequency. So you have a also high the switching. electronic is small. Does that have anything to do with that, or? Well, and you can make the them small because I mean, yeah, yeah. semiconductors are always small, yeah, yeah. but you it's can make but them it's small true. because of the high frequency. Okay, okay, but but you are right. There's yeah. they are small also because they are more efficient. What's happening is that if you have fast switching, when the switching is fast, then the switching losses are small, and the switching losses are the losses that are being dissipated in a switching power supply. So you don't have any other losses except the switching loss. And okay. if you have very fast transition from zero to maximum current, let's say, or from zero to maximum voltage, if the transition is fast, then you can have low uh, switching losses. And if you have low switching losses, then your semiconductors can be small. Yeah. Also, you okay. are heating up less and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're heating up less. You don't need you don't need to dissipate so much power. And when you, when you don't have to much power then the semiconductor doesn't have to be large also basically they don't waste also energy just to be there like... well, that's also true but that's that's secondary because anyway the the loss the the the, the loss is kind of really minimal anyway yeah. i mean of course there is some loss in in in, in this um, in the switching but that loss is only prob a problem mostly only a problem for for these uh, active components it's not so much a problem of how much energy you have lost because it, it's that's that's yeah, so small, small in any case right yeah. but uh, yeah for instance um <laughs> you have uh, um the so-called brushless motors in in many power tools and the brushless motors basically what you're doing is that you are generating uh, um, this ac okay from mm -hmm. from a dc Right, you have a DC from the batteries. Let's talk, for instance, about uh, battery power power tools. So you have an 18 volt battery, and then you have these switching electronics, which are actually producing this famous rotating rotating magnetic field. Again, we are going back to the yeah, rotating but... <laughs> magnetic field, right? And and these electronics are so small; they are tiny. They they require the smallest. Uh, heatsink. Actually, some of them require such a small heatsink that they just use a PCB. They just use a layer of copper on the PCB as a as a heatsink. Yeah, that's how efficient they have become. So they are okay. So and we are we we are talking about at the beginning of the 80s when they were uncommon, to now when they are basically everywhere. DC. Uh, I mean, switching power supplies are everywhere, and that's so basically you... the point is that DC was uh, has been the best way to do things since the early days, but it needed a lot of uh, developing time to really get exactly like that. Power. Yeah. So that's why and, AC. And and you remember when you so said when you started way. explaining people what is what is a transformer, and uh, you started saying, but the transformer is what you plug into the wall, but actually those transformers are disappearing. Because they are being, you are using actually switching power supplies. You don't have any more transformers. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. actually, well, okay. You have some kind of transformers, which are these high-frequency transformers in in the switching power supply, but they are completely different from these AC transformers. Yeah. So now we went completely. I don't even remember what we were speaking. No, 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 but this is important for our story. This is Yeah, yeah but the story, we, we are going too long, so I think we have to stop here and continue the story. I mean, it's, almost, it's almost at the end. Oh, it's over. We have to okay. finish now. Because okay, this is you have very short time. Yeah, that, but I, it's, it's the end of the story. So the, right, the point is that because of this development of the semiconductors, this now these are the days when, when this high-voltage DC is viable now now is possible okay it even like 10 years ago it wasn't really viable and now it's really viable now we have fast high voltage semiconductors that make this possible so now we built everything in ac now we can do a dc and we're going to change everything to dc yeah that's not going to happen but yeah 
Well, I mean, it, okay, going more and more. Motors, motors are the heart of the motor is always going to be AC, even though yeah. everything around it is going to be DC. But in 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 deep inside, the motors are going to still be AC. All right, but they exactly. basically have to be both at the same time in a certain extent. Well, they on the outside they look like a DC, but in the inside, well, okay, uh, haha, actually. You have the so-called DC motors, but they still use brushes and so on and commutators. Ah, that's a long story again. Oh right. boy. Well, we're gonna go to anymore. I hope this was <laughs> clear <laughs> enough because we jumped so much. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about silicon carbide. Oh well, no. Well, that's the next time. <laughs> oh, silicon carbide. We we will have more for sure about this stuff. You okay. was silent most of the time, but ah ah ah. I have, I, I, have a, I have a YouTube channel where I where I talk about science. Okay, I'm gonna put it in the in the description. Mario Scotti, yeah. search for YouTube. Uh, search for Jan Mario Scotti. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> search for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put the link in the description, so you just click there. So we are to the one hour where we have to stop, and we are gonna. Of course, next time with uh, with Mario, maybe we can uh, try to do this uh, science news section a bit better. Like we just go through few new science and technology news everybody can find, and then we just speak a little bit about every of them, not not this long. Yeah, but this, this was an important. It's yeah, yeah, this, this is an important uh, story. This is this a, really this... interesting because it's not known very much also. And, and it's basically the story of, 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 of our modern civilization. Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, that's, thanks for, for this. Uh, it was good. Hopefully, you managed to get this far through all of this uh, roller coaster. Uh, uh, it was this uh, sine wave of uh, <laughs> topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we need to figure out a hashtag for this episode. I already actually have one. All right, what is it? I have two, uh, hashtag TNT, hashtag dynamite, because we were talking about ACDC. <laughs> so it can be hashtag TNT dynamite. Yeah. If you get to this point of the podcast and you listen this far, go on Twitter at STG underscore podcast and write to us something and use the hashtag. So we know that someone actually got this far. Well, I, I'm not getting the point. Why TNT and dynamite? Uh, because the, it's TNT is a song by uh, Australian band called ACDC. Oh, okay. All right. So this I know the, other the songs by them, not that one. Okay. Hopefully you. Okay, back to black. How about no, that? Come on, back to go away from the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go on Twitter, hashtag whatever. Tell us things, ask questions, whatever you want to do. And we probably are going to hopefully be back next week. And we have quite many guests actually coming next month, speaking about really uh, random stuff among autom autonomous ships, Arctic um, marine technology. And then there is uh, some district heating done without uh, like carbon neutral district heating and this kind of stuff. So it's going to be a bit random, but uh, they are experts in the fields and it's really cool because I have no idea about any of those. I guess Johanna also doesn't really know about autonomous no, ships. No, no. So we are also going to learn on the topic and hopefully uh, it's okay. going to be good. So okay. for about, well, thanks Mario. Uh, thank you. Uh, another time and... for continuing the story. Okay, guys. Beside that, have a nice Evening, night, day, morning, whenever you listen to this. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.